Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. I'm Colin Bradley. How are you doing, Dad? I'm fine, Steve. Good. <laughs> Episode five. Here we are. Yeah, five already. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We, we've got some great shows lined up for the future, I tell you. I, I, I cannot believe... When we first started this, Steve, you know, I thought, when we get to around now, what are we going to talk about? We thought we'd run out of things to say. What you don't. Not at all. It's just like the pictures that, that, that we paint, you know, on the member side. I thought, again, after about a year, I'd be scratching my head thinking, now what am I going to do? Yet, I've got at least 12 months pictures in my head. Wow. At least. It's just amazing. Mm, mm. And it seems to be going down really well, this podcast. We're really, I'm really glad we started it. Oh, I am too. We're getting a lot more downloads, a lot of people um, downloading it and going for it. Yeah. Enjoying it. Well, we're enjoying it, Steve. I think that's the difference. Mm. So every week we start the podcast with a story, don't we? Dad? Yeah. And you've been telling from the beginning how you got involved with art and how you become to be the pastel pencil artist you are today. Right. So for anyone not listening last week, remind, where did you get up to in the story? Well, I got up to the, uh, the evening of my... Uh, exhibition, you know. Oh yes, Do you remember Tony, had, uh, Tony Blackman, the gallery owner, had um, asked me if I would, and two other artists would hold a exhibition. That's right. So it was a three-man exhibition. It was very successful, and I left you on a knife edge because I said to you it was going really well, and then Tony came up to me and in said the something and said something, <laughs> and I said I'll let you know next week. Well, I'll tell you what it is. He said to me. Colin, we've got a dilemma. I said, really? He said, yeah. Can you pop over here a minute? So we edged our way through the crowd to a little picture that was on the wall. He said, now, this is my dilemma. I've sold this picture, but the two other people also want it. I said, oh. He said, I don't think we can do anything about it, but I thought I'd ask you. Anyway, the, the two people were there. It's one of your pictures, isn't it? One of my pictures. Okay. Yeah, one of my little, little... It was only a tiny picture. What was it of? Well, if I can just digress for a moment, and I'll come back to that point. What it was, it was a picture uh, very close to where I used to live, of uh, a field, really, with a tree in it. Uh, there was a, a, a very attractive house with a barn. That was in sort of middle distance. And then in the far distance, there was uh, the River Thames. That was now. This was the original picture I'm talking about, and it was quite a large picture. I looked at it when I was uh, working it all out, just to framing and so on, and I wasn't really happy. So what I did, I cut it down about a quarter of the actual size. So the tree went, the meadow went, and some of the river went, and all I was left with really was the little the little house with a barn. So, yeah. you, so you cropped your picture. About you, 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 you drew it, you did it, painted it, I and then you went it completely. I'm taking that I off didn't like and I'm it. cutting it off. No, it didn't wow. work. Wow. So I, I actually made it then uh, about quarter of the size, and it just showed the. It still had the river in the distance, and still had a little bit of the field in the foreground, but the tree had gone, and uh, most of the field had gone. Anyway, so uh, the reason I digress on that is because I felt that that was uh, a better. A composition. Now, this is the one that I had three people after. You know, it not it strange how these things can happen? Anyway, I Tony said, what are we going to do about this? I said, well, look, let me have a word with the two people. So they were both there. I said, look, 
I'm sorry that this has already been sold, but how would you feel if I did two more pictures? I said, I'll change them. Obviously, I, when I do another picture, it'll be the same subject and the same idea, but they will be different. Anyway, they both jumped at it. So I ended up doing three pictures. They paid the deposits, and I delivered them uh, you know, in the future, sometime in the future. I think it was two or three weeks' time. Uh, it didn't take me long to do them. We got over that problem. Tony said to me, he said, you know, first time that's ever happened. So I said, well, you know, it's the first time for everything. The, the evening went very well. Uh, and at the end of the evening, Tony said, you know what, Colin, you, you've sold 10 of your 20 pictures. And that doesn't include the two extra ones. On the first, on the, this is the preview evening. Preview evening, preview evening yeah. wow. it's unheard of, that is. Uh, so I, I can imagine how I felt. And he sold a few more in the two weeks pre after that. He sold, he sold a couple more. So I did quite well with that exhibition. We became good friends. You know, obviously, Tony was very supportive of me. He had more of my pictures in the gallery. Mm. And we then uh, struck up quite a nice relationship. And I said to him, do you know, Tony, I would like to open my own gallery. He said, well, why don't you do that? I said, well... It was all the contacts, and he said, don't worry about any of that. I'll give you all my contacts. He said, all the people that I have, you know, that supply me with prints and framing and all the equipment you need, I'll give them all to you, and then you can go down and sort it out. As long as you're not next door to me, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, no, no, it won't be local, because what had happened, Steve, is I'd been down to Broadstairs quite a few times to visit our friend, my friend. We stayed with him a few times, and I really loved Broadstairs. It was a lovely area, and I thought this would be the night, a nice place to go. So after talking to Tony, I said to, to my friend, look, look out for some property. If you can find something that would suit me, I want a freehold. I don't want to lease anything that we can live, perhaps over the shop or wherever we have. Anyway, he did actually find somewhere which is where we're living now, Steve, and where we're recording it from, Steve. <laughs> this, this came on the market, and I put an offer in, and it was accepted. So within, now, if we go back to the exhibition, which was in April... 1982. Yeah. I opened the gallery at the end of July, 1982. No way. Now, in that time, I'd met a marriage mum... And together, we had sold, I sold my house and she sold her flat. We'd bought this place. We'd got all the contacts together with everything. I, I cannot you know, tell you how fast all of this happened. You don't waste any time, Four do months. You? I don't, know. <laughs> but even again, Steve, you know me uh, and my philosophy. What's meant to be is meant to be. Mm. Everything went smoothly. We didn't have a, we didn't have a hiccup. Really? Which really goes to show, I think, in the end, that this was meant to be. So, from the time that you started painting mm. to the time that you opened up your own gallery, how long was that? Like, started, mm. like, doing... Yes, yes. Like, saying, I can do this. Less than two years. Less than two years. Yeah, it was 19... Uh, sort of the tail end of 1980, when I really started painting, you know, more seriously... Mm. And then 1982, uh, in end of July, beginning of August, and we opened the gallery up. It was uh, I was full fledged professional artist, having stuff on the wall and antiquarian prints, framing we were doing. 
And we're in the secondary trading area, as you know here. We're not in the main high street. It was amazing that, you know, people found us. Mm. And there we are. That's, that's what happened. So uh, I, I, I won't leave a cliffhanger this week, but I will take it from here next week and show you how we got on with our first few months of trading. Excellent. Oh, good, good. I'm glad you're not leaving us on a cliffhanger this week. No, I wouldn't dream. I, wouldn't I was dream itching to find out what that Tony said to you on that <laughs> exhibition. So now we're going to move on to some listeners' questions. So uh, the first one I have here is from Paul in Australia. He says, hi, Colin. I can't wait to join your site. I'm only an amateur and I have had a passion for drawing for many years, only in black pencil. Something recently clicked and I am more than ever wanting to pursue my passion for drawing. It was not until I recently came across pastel pencil drawings. What can I say? This is what I've been wanting to do. I knew something was missing. I've never had any experience with using colour. So I was wondering, with the, beginning, with the beginner kits and even the intermediate, what colours should I get? As I don't want to buy colours that I don't need until one day I become much better. Any help would be appreciated. So this is an interesting question. It has. Because mm. Paul's coming from a graphite pencil. Mm. Um, explain, about, explain about people. Have you had many people ask that question come from, coming I from have. pencil? There may be people out there that are listening that are used to only drawing in pencil. Mm. Um, if they want to make the jump to pastel pencil, how do they do it? Well, you know, people that have been drawing in graphite have the best chance, really, of mastering the pastel pencil and the reason i say that is because you're drawing first of all you're using the same instrument all you're doing this time is in color and i'll give you a little story that uh, i digress again here but i had it many years ago we held an exhibition of my students work at the local library during the exhibition it was very successful and the chap came up to me and he said Do you know colin i'm amazed i've been speaking to these local artists that of your students and they tell me they didn't have any experience when they started and they're producing wonderful works of art. And he was a graphite artist. Oh. That's all he, he said. I've only ever drawn in black and white, same as Paul here. Would it work with colour? I said, I tell you what, join the class. He did. One year on from that, he was semi-professional. Really? That he, quick? He, he was doing, he, he left me because no, I couldn't teach him anymore. He, yep, that quick. A lot of it was because he already understood tonal values and shadings and dimension and all of these things. Mm. All I was, all I did was just put the colour in his hand and just give him a few pointers. I've told Paul this actually. I've written to him. He mailed him back and told him this, and uh, he's got a very, very good chance. And that's not all. I've had many, many, many people have done the same thing mm. and they come along, and they've all turned out to be very good pastel pencil artists. Mm. There's a lot of hope for Paul. Yeah, so anyone out there that's using graphite pencil at the moment that wants to give it a try, mm. you're going to be at an advantage. Yeah, and the beginner's packs are great because they, they I told uh, Paul to do that. Start with the starter packs because they give you a little help and you're only using six colours to start with. Mm. And you can buy the pack with the pencils, just the pencils that's you need. Right. So right. there's no need to decide what colours you need to buy. If you buy the pack with the pencils, you get them. That's right. Another point he makes, you know, the pencils, how many pencils does he think he needs to buy? Well, I I told him just buy the six to start with, you know, to Mm. do the picture and then gradually build them up. Out of the 60 pit pastel pencils there are in the pack, I only ever use around 40 of them. If you bought a 60 box of pastel pencils, 
20 of those pencils, likely as not, aren't going to be used. The manufacturers have got the weird interpretations of colour. They, they think you should need really gaudy colours, you know, to make the box look attractive. But a lot of those colours you don't need. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Paul, for your question. I hope that's helped a few others out there as well. So the next question we have is from Jonathan in the UK. And he's mentioned, because today we put up the Persian cat, the first mm. part of the Persian cat video, and he says, really enjoyed the content on this great cat portrait. One aspect I liked in particular, which you may like to bear in mind in future filming, and that is you brought into view the reference picture several times to help explain what you were producing on paper. This is great, and I feel this will help viewers understand better the techniques and application of what is required. So that's not really a question, but it's, it's great feedback. It's a very good because point. Mm. I'm sure there's other mm. viewers of your videos out there that have seen on screen you you bring in the reference picture yes. to view on the on the camera. Um, I wonder out, out there how many people find that useful. Well, I, it, I'm sure they would do. I would normally do that. Now, the problem we have, let's take the Spitfire, for instance. That was four or five pictures I used for that. That's right. How am I going to keep putting four or five pictures forward? And also, the Spitfire itself, I changed all the lettering. So there are things that you can't do. You know, I, I, I can't... With the cat, it was easy because I was virtually following the picture, you know, not stroke for stroke, but I was following the picture and I could understand it. It's the same with the flowers. that uh, I showed that at the beginning, didn't I? Uh, so anything that I'm copying of either one of my pictures or a photographic reference, then I'm, I will do that in future. Bring it, bring it slightly mm. into view. But when I'm making it up, I can't do that. No, that would be <laughs> clever, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next question we have is from Diane, uh, also in the UK. She says, hi, Colin. Do you ever use a magnifying glass for the smaller details in your paintings? Now, that's a good question. It's a brilliant question. Especially for your miniature work. That's right. I don't use a magnifying glass, no. I did try that once, but I found it it, it was very awkward. Do you hold it with your left hand to draw with it? Well, no, how you do can't. You kind of no, do you it? can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't very well. So what I did, I, I use uh, strong glasses. Only for painting and drawing. I have normal glasses ordinarily, but when I'm using, when I'm working on the close-up work and the detail work, I've got quite strong glasses, reading glasses. But but have you? That's is that is that because your vision anyway? Your your long-sighted vision, things up close. You need glasses anyway, so you've just got a stronger pair. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So anyone out there that hasn't got any problem with their like my long vision, the long-sightedness is fine. I can read things up close. Mm. How do they get uh, Well, you probably wouldn't need to, Steve. Wouldn't need to. No, so no. it might just be get a stronger pair of glasses if you struggle, if you have long-sighted vision. That, that would be better than magnifying glass, to be honest. Right, okay. And once again, I've replied to Diane and told her that too. Okay, hopefully she's listening as well. Oh, I'm sure she is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's the questions we've had for this week. Now, normally we would end the podcast there, but I want to give I want to give a few updates. First of all... We've started the Persian cat project, so as we said last week, we're going to run this cat project and other animal projects alongside another project. So this week we finished the Vase of Roses project, and next week we've got a new one, which I'm not going to say what it is, but it will be on Facebook in the next few days, so look out for that, facebook.com slash colin1940, and that project will run alongside our animal project. 
that's a quick update. Also, we've got fantastic speed painting coming out, haven't we, Dad? That Gosh. I've done on my computer. That's yes. It's gonna it's gonna hopefully blow people away. I I, I watched it today because you you pre-scheduled it to go out uh, on the eighth, I think. It's yeah. yeah we yep. Yeah, we've got you've yeah. got it coming out next Friday. But I cheated. I had a look at it already. Oh, it's stunning. It's good, isn't it? Absolutely stunning. You'll mm. love it. It's all of the vase of roses footage that we collated and sped up by 2000% I think is is the maximum I could do with a track to it and that track's great it's a it great track particularly music yeah it's, it's quite fantastic. relaxing isn't it it is yeah. perfect for kind of roses I, I was yeah thanks for the website i think i linked it in the video for for that track that was really good so just a quick update uh, that's that's all we've got to say on that there was another story that dad was telling me about that I thought we should mention. Right. Uh, and it's a chap that actually I know, that I've worked with. So right. um, I know who, who dad's talking about. Go ahead and tell this story because I think the viewers, listeners might find this interesting. Well, his name's Chris and he came into the gallery for some framing one time. I caught him right up close to my picture. Now I knew he was an artist and he was a graphic artist. I'd seen his work and it's brilliant. What was he, what does he it, draw? Acrylic. He does acrylic. He does acrylic work. And he's brilliant. He was a really, really good artist. And he's had his nose on my one of my paintings, or several of my paintings he was looking at. And he turned to me and said, Colin, how do you how do you do it? I said, How do I do what? He said, There's something about your pictures I can't define. I'm studying them and studying them. And I'd even get a magnifying glass if I could if, if I thought it would help. I can't work it out why your pictures look so lifelike. Now I don't know the answer to these things. How, how can... How can I, did, I don't really know, Chris. I did know, but I, I couldn't tell him. And the reason I couldn't tell him is because when you spend hours and hours and hours and hours, and I know some artists do on a picture, getting every fine, tiny bit of detail, you're kind of manufacturing the picture. You're not painting it. You're not creating it. You're manufacturing it like every tiny hair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure you've seen pictures like this. Now, this is fine, but creativity comes from within you, and it's something that you can't really define. If you could, it probably wouldn't work. I'd like to bring this up again, Steve, if you rem- uh, because it's going to be too long now. It's going to extend it forever and ever. Okay. But there's, another, there's a very good reason why I say, and I can give you very good examples, of being able to relax and when you relax you paint better so if we bring this up again at another time i think the uh, listeners are going to be fascinated by it are you leaving us on a cliffhanger i am i thought we were getting away with it this week but no <laughs> you decided we just throw one in there oh, yeah. so you're not going to carry on this story now they're gonna to have to wait no, till next they're gonna have to wait next week great i'm gonna to have to wait as well then thanks for that <laughs> Okay, so that, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you're going to say about that. And I think they're going to f- the listeners are going to find that really interesting. They will. And it's great what you said about creativity comes from within. Yes. And that to not manufacture it. That's right. Okay, well, we'll leave it there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week. <sighs> Time for tea.